1: The Bible tells us over and over and over and over to deal with sin. Jesus, he said, you need to deal with it in your own life first, but you need to deal with it. He said, you know, you're walking around with this gigantic log in your eye, but you want to focus on the speck in your brother's eye. And he said, so what you need to do is first deal with the log in your own eye.
0: That's quite a vivid picture. Can you see how much trouble you would cause if you were to have a literal lock protruding from your eye, you really couldn't help anyone that way. In today's message, Pastor Robert teaches you that sin must be dealt with, but you can't help anyone else if you don't deal with yours first. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you, our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 5, as he continues his message, When Sin Invades.
1: What the Apostle Paul is saying here is, listen, Jesus wants this done. When you gather together, you need to deal with this guy. You're doing it as a representative of Jesus in the power of Jesus and I'm gonna be with you in spirit, Paul says. But what is it they're supposed to do? I mean, he says, turn the guy over to Satan, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. What is that about? I mean, is that like a euphemism? Is he telling him to kill the guy? No. And we know that he didn't die. His flesh wasn't physically destroyed, and we know that because, listen, what he's telling them is this guy is pretending to follow Jesus while actually serving Satan, so just give him to Satan. Stop pretending with him. Stop pretending with him. And that's the message, really, of this chapter that you and I need to hear. We cannot pretend with people Who are only pretending to follow Jesus. He says, no, don't allow it. Don't allow it. If they are actually following Satan, then you need to put them out of the fellowship of Jesus Christ and insist that they commit fully to following Satan. That's kind of the idea that's being presented. Now, in our day and age, that's hard to do because if you know, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't, because I believe we should discipline and disciple and confront sin. But what we found is if you confront somebody here, they just go to the church a mile away and badmouth you. He says, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. See, the goal here is that these fallen, corrupted, human, fleshly desires that Jesus died to set us free from, that we would be free from those things. I believe part of what he's talking about right here, and I would encourage you to pray about this because I'm giving you my opinion about how to interpret this statement. This is one of those rare ones. So pray about it. But I believe what he was saying is you need, listen, make him commit to it fully so that then... The enemy will purge him. You know, like Jeremiah says, beware, your sin will find you out. And what I have found is that when you indulge the flesh, when you engage in sin, eventually God uses that very sin to beat you. You get a holy beating with that very thing. And I think that's what he's talking about here. That this area of his flesh would finally be rendered powerless as he just is completely given over to the enemy by you. And it seems like that's what happened because in 2 Corinthians, you know, in in the second letter, Paul writes to him and he says, hey, you need to bring that guy back in. That brother has repented. You need to bring him back. It's enough. He suffered enough. When you look at this it almost looks like the apostle Paul was being self-righteous or condoning that kind of self-righteous attitude. Self-righteousness presents itself often in two opposing ways, if you will. First, it's like, you know, a self-righteous person will confront another person in order to make themselves look better to make themselves look more holy more spiritual you know like they have it together or whatever but self righteousness can also present itself by ignoring sin by refusing to confront sin basically saying come on i was just like have some compassion on the guy You know, be merciful toward the people. And coming off as trying to be more merciful even than God, more merciful than Jesus himself. And the thing that we have to come to grips with is that that the Bible tells us over and over and over and over to deal with sin. Jesus, he said, you need to deal with it in your own life first, but you need to deal with it. He said, you know, you're walking around with this gigantic log in your eye, but you want to focus on the speck in your brother's eye. And he said, so what you need to do is first deal with the log in your own eye, and then you'll be able to see more clearly to help your brother. And that's really the key to understanding church discipline and, and this issue of discipleship and confronting another brother over their sin. See, the the instructions that are given to us in the Bible, you know, first by Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, but then later on by the apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 6. In both situations, what it tells us clearly is you're trying to love on the other person. You're trying to restore the other person, the motive, the goal, the approach. It's all about rescuing the other person from a dangerous path. And Something I realized many, many years ago, because Youth with the Mission really taught this to us and insisted on it. It's like a big deal. You had to understand that confronting sin didn't have to be confrontational, and usually that's not the best way to go about it, but instead to approach it with questions, because if you approach a brother or sister who is living in sin, if you approach them with questions rather than condemnation, a lot of times you find out you were wrong. Sometimes you find out that what's actually going on is not exactly what you thought was going on. Sometimes you find out that God had already been dealing with them about it, There has already been conviction and therefore there have already been the initial steps of repentance. You just can't see it yet. We had a situation years ago between services, but I came out in between services to find this young couple with their children and the woman is weeping in one of the side rooms. And so naturally, you know, her... her, Husband's there trying to comfort her. The baby, the toddler, not even a toddler yet, I don't think. Two, three years old, trying to figure out what's wrong with mommy, you know. And so naturally, I went over, you know, what's wrong? And the the man tore into me. He wasn't yelling exactly, but almost. You know, it was one of these, you know. He was on me, chewing me out. Because one of the ladies in the church had cornered the woman in the bathroom and chewed her out about not being married now meanwhile this couple have been together for years they got a kid and they're moving toward jesus they're not running away from jesus saying shut up keep your bible to yourself We don't care what you think. It's just a piece of paper. That's not what they're saying. They're saying, we need to raise our family in Christ. So let's start going to church. They're taking steps of repentance.
0: We're so glad you tuned in today for today's message in the book of 1 Corinthians. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again, or learn more about Main Thing Radio, visit our website at mainthingradio.com. Before our time with you is through for the day, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us here at Main Thing Radio.
2: For more information, visit MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button.
0: Thanks, David, and thank you for joining us today. Tune in next time for another look at the book of 1 Corinthians here on MainThing Radio.